Hello, my name's Nigel Bowden. I'd like to welcome you to episode four of the Wi-Fi for Beginners podcast. Uh, this is a series of podcasts discussing the fundamentals of wireless LAN networking. And in each of the episodes, we'll be taking a look at a different aspect of uh, Wi-Fi networking to help build your understanding and knowledge of wireless networks. Along with each episode, I'll be supplying a set of slides which you can review to look at some of the topics we discussed in a little bit more detail. Uh, you can actually view these as you're uh, listening to the podcast, but uh, it's not essential. You can uh, go and look at them a little bit later on and uh, as I say just sort of reinforce some of the material that we cover. All of the recordings and the supporting material such as the slides can be found at my website which is wififorbeginners.com so if you go along to wififorbeginners.com that's all one word then you'll be able to uh, find all of the uh, slides audio recordings and there's a few quizzes and there'll be a few references as well to a few other uh, useful learning resources just very quickly um I've already covered this in episode one, so I'm just going to fly through it in this particular episode. Just just to let you know what we're hoping to achieve with this uh, podcast series. I'm trying to deliver a series of audio presentations in a hopefully a very easy to understand format that you can have a listen to maybe on your daily commute or while you're doing your um, uh, jogging or, or exercising at the gym. Um, it's pretty much aimed at people who already have um, a level of networking knowledge and experience uh, typically be uh, maybe network um, IT professionals, maybe a few students, people like that, who uh, already got a little bit of a background on networking. I have to assume a certain level of knowledge. Um, I can't teach all of the fundamentals of networking, unfortunately. So hopefully you're fairly familiar with a few things like the OSI 7-layer model and know a little bit about uh, Ethernet switching and routing, IP addressing, local area networks. And uh, importantly as well, I think it's definitely worth uh, going back and reviewing some of the uh, previous episodes if you're rather than diving in on this one which is episode four um you know maybe have a listen to the first three episodes where we uh, did a little bit of a review of the high level concepts of uh, wi-fi networking um and the type of wi-fi networking that we're talking about here the wireless lands we're discussing they are very much in the commercial uh, professional environment rather than being the uh, the home networking scenario Okay, very quickly, again, a little bit about myself. My name is Nigel Bowden. I'm based in the UK. been working in the IT industry for over 30 years, uh, doing various different roles, various different types of networking. been specialising in wireless lines for the past five years. Uh, I've got a few industry certifications, including the uh, CWNP, um, CWNE uh, certification. I'm, I'm number 135, and I've uh, also got some Cisco um, certifications around routing and switching and wireless as well. Uh, my day-to-day role tends to be uh, doing design consultancy and deployments of wireless LAN networks, mainly around Cisco, and I'm pretty active as well on uh, social media, so you can find me uh, on Twitter. My handle on Twitter is Wi-Fi Nigel, or one word, and you can also find me on the web at wifi-nigel.com. That's my uh, blog site. Okay, so as I've explained previously, um, I've broken this series down into a number of modules, uh, and each module will comprise a number of episodes. In the first module, we took a look at uh, high-level concepts of Wi-Fi networking, and in this particular module, uh, which is probably going to uh, run over two or three episodes, we're going to take a bit more of a deep dive into uh, exactly 
what we mean by RF, uh, that's radio frequency and various uh, RF concepts because it's a very key topic obviously with us uh, discussing wireless networks um, have an appreciation of what we mean by RF and how it works is, is pretty fundamental and I think it's probably one of the most challenging areas for people who um, are perhaps new to Wi-Fi networks, fairly comfortable with wired networks and the concepts around that but wireless and uh, RF theory and, and technologies is, is a little bit of a, a new area for, for many people so just very briefly in this particular module we're going to be taking a look at what do we actually mean by RF RF for, uh, by the way stands for radio frequency uh, you probably already knew that but it's worth just spelling it out have a, a little bit of a look at what we mean by electromagnetic signals we'll talk a little bit about the RF spectrum the radio frequency spectrum uh, we'll look at a few important RF concepts uh, we'll be looking at coverage areas propagation of RF signals modulation of RF signals we'll also be taking a little bit of a look at RF behavior the way that uh, RF signals behave uh, in various scenarios and we'll also start to apply this more to uh, Wi-Fi networking so it's got a little bit of a, a better context we we'll start talking about the Wi-Fi bands and the frequencies that we use uh, for wireless LAN networking so if you are following along with the slides by the way I'm actually up to uh, slide number six now we're actually going to dive into the uh, into the topic in a little bit of depth now uh, so what do we actually mean by RF as I've already said RF is uh, an abbreviation for uh, radio frequency and it's a very common term that you'll hear banded about uh, when discussing uh, wireless LANs and what it actually refers to is uh, electrical signals that are propagated through space so in, strict, in strictest terms it's electromagnetic signals which are propagated through space and when we say they're propagated through space it means between two points it could be through the air it doesn't necessarily mean outer space it's just um, a point A and point B there are signals passing between the two points without any obstructions um, in the way particularly and radio frequency signals are used to enable a whole range of communication systems uh, many of them you'll have heard before we, we've got things like commercial radio systems which is your FM stations your AM stations we've got satellite communications which you're probably uh, fairly familiar with from uh, TV broadcasts we've got things like emergency services radio communication systems we've got cellular phone systems which give us all of our mobile cellular communications we've got our uh, terrestrial TV system which uh, uh, obviously beams all of our TV programs to us. We've obviously got Wi-Fi networking, which is the, uh, the subject of this particular series. So we've got wireless LANs, which are enabled by RF. And we've got things like Bluetooth devices, such as headsets. Uh, you've got Bluetooth mice, keyboards. That They're all using radio frequency signals uh, to enable us to provide some sort of service, provide some sort of communications. And a little bit more of a refinement of what we actually mean by a radio frequency signal. We've already talked about the fact that we're transferring um, electrical signals through the air, electromagnetic waves traveling through the air. Um, but a radio frequency signal, in its strictest term, is a, uh, a high frequency alternating current. We'll do a little bit of a more of a deep dive around this. 
an alternating current. Uh, you may have heard of this concept in the past. Uh, maybe you did uh, physics at school, science at school, and you talked about the differences between direct currents, uh, alternating currents, and did various experiments with uh, uh, small batteries and lamps and bells and buzzers and, and operated them and, and sort of explored the, the basis of electricity. So just we are really going down to the sort of grassroots here of of how we uh, get to RF signals, but I think it's important to understand, you know, where this actually comes from. So if we take it right back to the the most basic type of electrical current uh, that we we can uh, think about, again, think back to uh, school days. We're connecting up um, uh, maybe a small lamp to uh, to a small cell, a bad battery, um, and when we connect it up, connect the battery to the cell, the cell because of a direct current flowing from the positive to the negative terminals of the battery, the lamp lights up. I'm, I'm sure you've all seen this, and it's a very, uh, a, a very common uh, scenario that hopefully most people have uh, experienced. And what's actually going on here is that a current is flowing from uh, one terminal of the battery through the carbon filament of the lamp itself, and because of the resistance of the lamp it heats up, generates light, because of the energy produced uh, and then the current carries on flowing through to the other terminal of the battery and and by convention we say that the current flows in the direction from the positive terminal to the negative so all of the electrons are flowing through the wire through the battery flowing in one direction it's a direct current it's literally going in one direction the whole time causing the lamp to light okay so one of the problems with uh, direct current um, transmission of energy in this particular way is that it doesn't really work over a, a long distance too well. Uh, I mean, and we're talking about we're still talking about uh, energy flowing through wires here. Um, if you think of the um, electrical system to your house, if you were trying to supply energy using direct current, it, it, because of the resistance of cables, things like this direct current just does not travel over long distances by the time it reaches your house the voltage will be so low it, it just wouldn't be of any use and so uh, an alternative method of generating electricity uh, was discovered uh, which is um, an alternating current technique uh, alternating current actually means that um, the current instead of flowing in one direction all of the time It'll flow for a short time in one direction, uh, the voltage will build up flowing in one direction and then over time uh, it'll actually, it actually reduces and then starts to flow in the opposite direction. So you can think of an alternating current flows in one direction for a short period of time then flows in the other direction and you've got this cycling of the uh, current going back and forth. If you look at the slides there, look at slide 8, you can actually see a representation of what's called uh, an alternating current sine wave. You actually see the value of the voltage rising in one direction, then it falls off and uh, and then flows in the opposite direction. Um, and, and a sort of conceptual way of thinking about this is to think of uh, think of our, our simple example where we've got um, a small battery uh, supplying a lamp and if you imagine the battery flipping back and forth, so the positive and negative terminals changing back and forth so that current flows in one direction and then the other, you start to visualize what an alternating current might actually look like. And uh, the good thing about alternating currents like this is that they can actually be transmitted through uh, cables 
over much longer distances you can use transformers and various other components to step voltages up and down it's a much more useful uh, form of energy that you can transfer over longer distances um, and example examples of things that uh, might generate uh, alternating current is um, in the slides on slide 8 there I've got an example of a, a very old-fashioned dynamo now if you're uh, if you're my sort of age you might be able to think back to the old days where you would have a, a dynamo which was attached to uh, to the wheel of a, a bicycle and as the wheel went round the dynamo turned and we have a, a small coil going round and round in a, a magnetic field and they would generate enough electricity to uh, to actually light a lamp on the front of a bike as you rode along. <laughs> so you're probably starting to wonder what has any of this got to do with uh, Wi-Fi networking or, or wireless signals in general. But these are very important concepts. This whole notion of uh, an alternating current, an alternating voltage, uh, is key to RF theory. And um, just to sort of recap it again, an alternating current, you'll often see the abbreviation AC for an alternating current and DC for a direct current. So if we've got um, an alternating current, uh, it's usually generated by uh, a dynamo or, or maybe a generator uh, at a power station. And the current direction is regularly um, changing back and forth, positive and negative, as the uh, coils of a generator rotate in a magnetic field. And uh, we've got this concept of a cycle as the current changes from one direction, flows in the other direction, and then back again. That gives us one cycle of, um, of the alternating current. And by rotating the coil of the generator at a higher speed, we actually cause the polarity shifts back and forth the cycles to actually increase um, and, and this increase in cycles gives uh, an increase into what's called the frequency of the alternating current so the number of cycles which we have going back and forth per second is known as the frequency of the alternating current and by uh, speeding the generator up we get a higher frequency and by lowering the speed of it we get a lower frequency as um, the, the, the back and forth cycles increase and decrease. So if you're following along on the slides, uh, you might want to go along to slide 10 where I've actually given a little bit of a representation of what we've been talking about here. I know we've been laboring this for quite a long time, but alternating current theory is pretty pretty key to this. And what we're showing on slide 10 is our uh, simple example of a lamp connected up to a power source again. But this time, instead of being connected to a DC source, a direct current battery, we've actually connected it to an AC source, which could be a generator or a dynamo and uh, we've got some arrows there indicating that for one half of the cycle the uh, current flows in one direction then for the second half of the cycle it flows in the other and and you may sort of wonder okay if the current's changing in one direction then the other why do we not see the the lamp flashing that was always one thing that always puzzled me when i was younger uh, because the current's sort of going in one direction then the other you would expect that maybe uh, you'd see some 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 flashing as the the voltages and currents died up and down but um, it's purely due to the fact that the the uh, the rate that the currents going backwards and forwards change in polarity so fast that your eye just can't detect it if you could slow it down enough below about uh, I don't know about 10 20 Hertz something like that you probably see it fairly comfortably with this thing sort of flashing away so again returning to some important pieces of theory now which is going to start leading into RF theory we've got this um, basic unit of measurement of a cycle of current change um, 
we talk about the fact that if we have one cycle of current change each second this is known as a frequency of one hertz okay so and we can step this up in multiple so if we get 10 cycles back and forth in one second this is known as 10 hertz um, and this just this just keeps multiplying up. So uh, one uh, frequency you may be familiar with is the your home uh, AC main supply uh, in the UK. The current goes back and forth 50 times per second, and uh, we have a 50 hertz AC main supply. Uh, I think in other countries there may be 60 hertz, which means that the current is going back and forth 60 times in a second. So that gives us our basic unit of frequency measurement which as well as applying in cables also applies when we start talking about radio frequency signals and Wi-Fi networks so just return to our original example of a basic uh, electrical circuit where we've got a battery connected to uh, some device such as a lamp and we've got a direct current flowing in one direction from positive to negative terminals of the battery when we have this current flow we also have an electric and a magnetic field uh, which are created which surround the wire uh, as the current flows and uh, in the case of a direct current circuit where we've just got a battery with term uh, current flowing in one direction these are stable fields which just sit there uh, and as I say they're stable they go in one direction and they remain constant if you now imagine instead of applying a direct current to that circuit you apply an alternating current to that circuit you can perhaps imagine that the electric field and the magnetic field instead of sitting there as constant uh, entities as they do with the direct current because the uh, electrical current of um, an AC circuit is changing direction and it's rising and decaying over time constantly as the current flows back and forth then the electric field and the magnetic fields which exist around the wire they are constantly collapsing and being built up each time that the current flows back and forth and uh, an interesting thing happens when we reach a particular frequency if we uh, have our AC signal flowing through the wire it's going back and forth back and forth the electric and the magnetic fields are collapsing and um, um, being recreated collapsing recreated time and time again if we get our current to go back and forth uh, at a high enough rate at a high enough frequency eventually the uh, electric and magnetic fields uh, which are combined into what's called an electromagnetic field the electromagnetic field itself because of the high frequency of the current and the field that's set up if it gets to a high enough frequency it will actually uh, break free of the conductor and travel through the air uh, and actually be conducted through space through free space as electromagnetic waves so we need to get the frequency up to uh, the order of several thousand cycles per second so several thousand hertz the AC signal's got to be going back and forth thousands of times per second but the electromagnetic field which is created around the wire is of sufficient frequency where it can actually be propagated it can travel through space and now we've actually moved 
from the realms of um, wired uh, electrical circuits and we're actually now talking about wireless signals. We have these electromagnetic signals travelling through space and we are well and truly into the realms of uh, wireless uh, networking where we're actually able to make an electromagnetic signal travel from a wire to uh, a receiver over a particular distance. And uh, just one other element we haven't actually talked about uh, up to now. We've talked about AC signals, uh, alternating currents being generated by um, uh, a dynamo or maybe a generator. But uh, when we start talking about uh, RF circuits, um, then what we're actually talking about is a device such as a uh, an electronic circuit, which is called an oscillator, which is actually going to give us the same effect as a generator, but we obviously can't have uh, mechanical generators being used to generate signals. So we have oscillator circuits, which are uh, uh, created through a variety of components to give us this uh, alternating current, which is at high enough levels for it to actually uh, leave uh, a wire and, and travel through space and give us uh, our wireless signals. So that gives us a, a pretty good idea of how we actually go from the basic electric signal uh, and actually build it up to become uh, an electromagnetic wave which we can have transfer transferring through the air between transmitter and receiver uh, and, and it gives us sort of our whole wireless RF technology in theory. And this forms the basis of um, RF communications, this ability to make electromagnetic waves uh, leave a conductor, travel through the air um, and typically we'll have a transmitting station which will transmit an electromagnetic wave and a receiving station which will receive that electromagnetic wave. So we've covered quite a bit of fairly basic uh, electrical circuit theory there and a little bit about how we actually generate um, AC currents and how that uh, transforms into electromagnetic waves to give us the basic building blocks of uh, wireless technology, wireless techniques. So we've probably done enough for this particular episode. We've covered a fair amount of uh, fairly dry material there and hopefully this will be one of those episodes where you'll find uh, quite a bit of value actually going and taking a look at the slides, maybe recapping some of this information, just to try and get the fundamental building blocks of how we arrive at uh, RF signals. So I think that's probably enough RF theory for one episode. We'll build further on these concepts in the next episode where we'll continue in this uh, module around uh, RF theory. Just wanted to remind you that it's worth uh, paying a visit to the website. It's wi-fi-for-beginners.com. You can find the slides that accompany this particular module and all the previous episodes. And also I've got uh, some quizzes up there and other sources of information that you might find useful in your quest to learn more about Wi-Fi networking. So thank you very much for joining me. I shall uh, join you again soon for another episode where we'll uh, explore a little bit more deeply into the world of RF theory. Hopefully it's not too dry a topic. Uh, it's certainly a very important one when talking about wireless LAN networking. It's certainly one uh, it's worth investing some of your time to, to really get to grips with uh, and understand in a reasonable amount of detail. Anyway, thanks for joining me. I look forward to joining you again soon and uh, take care.